So in this, uh, what I kind of consider the year of marriage for many of my friends, um, I've noticed a maturity that I really appreciate. Uh, guess what I would call kind of a gravitas or kind of a weightiness of demeanor uh, in so many guys. Because I think until recently, a lot of us uh, went, kind of went about our lives with a, a lightheartedness that tended towards kind of flippancy. You know, everything's casual. There's no urge to enter into the things of an adult. You know, we're, we'll just give it some time before we enter into adulthood. And this is kind of the classic millennial attitude that all of us, I think for a while, Peter, uh, fell into. That we're, that we're kind of terrified of commitment. You know, anything that would definitively change the rest of our lives. And kind of this gravitas that I've seen recently, particularly in Peter over the past two and a half years, is the realization that life, especially a joyful and fulfilled life, demands real commitment. Peter realized that happiness isn't found in our autonomy, in our kind of being the master of our own domain, that to have all options available to you doesn't just equal happiness. Rather, true freedom is found in the definitive yes to the one that you love. To give yourself totally to another, um, which means saying no to so many other things. And Anna, I think in so many ways, you revealed this way of life to Peter. You showed him how to do this. Uh, Because when Peter met you, he kind of went on a new trajectory. He had to kind of, he realized that he needed to kind of overcome all of his kind of angsty millennial hesitation uh, and, and the fears because he needed to win this girl. You know, Peter knew he had to win you. And... And Anna's a girl who knows what she deserves. So she's not going to just take any kind of lukewarm dude. So Peter, <laughs> Peter had to step up. And, and I guess when I talk about kind of gravitas or kind of a weightiness, I don't mean to suggest that Peter and Anna are in any way a kind of sad, dull couple. That would be ridiculous to say that. Uh, it's, it's almost impossible to be around them for more than a minute without Peter kind of laughing at an inappropriate volume and, and Anna just kind of looking over and smiling, like, like they are now. And so, but, but even this has changed, because Peter's laughter and Anna's smile kind of radiate with a confidence that you can only find in someone who knows they're loved totally by another person. And, and this love, which is so obvious to us, is what you're called to witness to the world. And that... that great and incredible difficult thing about married life is just kind of how concrete it is. Uh, one of the things I love about the creation story is that, that it's very real. It shows how real marriage is. That the, the husband and wife are one flesh. One thing is for sure that your marriage won't survive if you let your love grow superficial. Not in today's world. Um, when you step up to this altar to give yourself in marriage to one another, you need to be ready to die to yourself. Um, To give yourself totally in the most concrete and kind of mundane ways. You know, marriage is all about the little things. Your daily life, your daily routine will set the course of your marriage. Um, If you're ready to give yourself to each other daily, to die to yourself daily, 
you know, at least 50 times, at least 50 times daily, to set the needs of your spouse ahead of yourself, um, your marriage will become the source of your joy. And, and then you'll have a baby, and then neither of you get what you want because you have a tiny person in front of you who, who like, takes all of your energy. I was just talking with Aaron yesterday, and I said, what's new? You know, what's changed when you have a baby? And he said, uh, I just realized how selfish of a person I am, that I, need, that I thought I needed sleep, you know? And, and, uh, and Aaron's not a selfish person anyways, and Caitlin's certainly not a selfish person, but, but a baby and a marriage at, at, on a larger frame just demands total selflessness. You can't, you can't care about yourself at all anymore because you now have another who you've given yourself to. And the vocation of marriage is no ordinary vocation, it's a divine calling. So your love can't just be a natural love, but you're called to sacrifice, to witness to the sacrificial love that Jesus Christ showed us. And I'm glad you chose the letter um, of St. John as your second reading, because, because to say God is love, that's, a, that's an absolutely beautiful thing, but it's something that for so many people just isn't real. It's not real for them. Um, no one, in, in today's world, it's, it's just difficult for so many people to believe in God, but everybody wants to believe in love. You know, a world without love suddenly becomes a cold and lifeless place. And, but the reading you to, that, that you chose reminds us that in order to love one another perfectly, you need to first let God love you. That we need to first let God love us. St. John Paul II tells us that... Um, we cannot give what we do not first possess. We can't give what we do not first possess. And so, Peter and Anna, growing in your relationship with God is the key to growing in your relationship with one another. Intimacy with God will lead to intimacy with one another. Because, first, God reveals to us who we really are. If you want to know yourself, if you want to know your spouse, grow closer to God. Because he created both of you and knows you better than you know yourself. Also, I think it's, it's important because God reminds us that we're imperfect. We look to God and we realize that we are imperfect. And you're both imperfect. Now, I hate to say that on the day of your wedding. Uh, you're perfect for today, but you'll realize very quickly that you're imperfect. And, and, I mean, there's like a million pop songs right now that are all about how perfect we all are. You know, you're perfect the way you are. You're, you're, we're all perfect. But that's just ridiculous. And you're both very authentic people, so I know you already realize that. But that's why it's so important to keep God at the center of your marriage. Because God's perfect love for both of you helps you to forgive, gives you the power to forgive the imperfections that you find in one another, and to grow toward that perfection to which you're called. So build your marriage on the foundation of God's love. Um, let this love guide you in everything. And be confident that his grace will keep you strong in your marriage till, till the end of your life. And be relentless in, God's, in, in pursuing God's will for both of you. And if you do this, uh, you'll find that your witness to everyone is powerful. It already is. And that love, you'll witness that love actually means something in today's world. That it's, that it's real and concrete. And that a happy marriage is possible even for us millennials who don't want to commit. And you're ready for this. You're both ready for this. Be confident in God's providence. He brought you together. 
So you know that your marriage is God's will. Uh, This day changes the trajectory of the rest of your life. And you are truly about to become one flesh together. I pray that God's love be brought to perfection in both of you, that you do grow towards that perfection to which you're called, and that 65 years from now, um, your laugh, Peter, and your smile, Anna, will still reflect that confidence of one who knows they are loved perfectly and totally by another person. Amen.